You're listening to a ComicsXF podcast. WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the ComicsXF interview podcast where two best friends talk about comics with the people who make them. I'm Dan Grote. And I'm Matt Lazowitz. And this week's guest is the creator of Image Top Cow series Antarctica, Simon Burks. Welcome. Hello. Thank you very much. I'm here. <laughs> so, Simon, what are some of the first comics you remember reading? Well, the first comic, uh, what got me started was my nan. I think I was seven years old, and I know I was seven years old because when I found the comics later on, it said 1977 on it. So um, I was very handily born in a year with a zero at the end. So, um, yeah, it's so, so yeah, Spider Man comics, they're the UK sort of cop version. So a lot of them were quite, you know, landscape actual comics as well. So they're there. And she used to get them uh, probably for a couple of years. And yes, yeah, so that, that, so that set me on the road of being uh, a Spider-Man fan. I mean, I, I don't think people really need that much encouragement to have to be a Spider-Man fan. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it was really good. There was a, I have to say, there was a lull, um, you know, probably, I don't know, 10 11 onwards i uh, whilst being a nerd and and forever uh i i probably fell away from comics because people weren't buying them for me and i and there wasn't a comic <laughs> shop where, where i grew up so um yeah so it's really that 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 big period of doing nothing and then sort of uh coming back into it um really yeah around 2011 i guess 2012 where i i um yeah yeah i just i guess it just it became more prevalent um and comic shops kind of sprouted up in a few places so um i don't know what say i don't know what the actual um thing was that made me suddenly think okay i could probably turn some of the short film scripts that i had sitting on a hard drive into into comics or try and adapt them into comics um i didn't know whether i was going to be successful uh in, in even doing that um uh, but that, that never stopped me writing before uh and um and yeah and so yeah we went wandered along to a comic con in in 2014 my first one super, london super comic con uh my wife and i and um yeah yeah saw what a fantastically healthy independent uk comic market there was and uh it kind of spurred me on and so yeah from from that moment we sort of uh yeah i we that, that set me on the path of, of comics again uh, and and thus my, my house is now filled with with comics uh, not only my you know ones that we publish but also uh, uh other people's as well now when you kind of got back in when you started kind of making your own stuff you know was there a part of you that's like hmm i wonder what spider-man's up to these days and kind of like you know, took took a look at, at whatever was coming out in 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 2011. I, I don't quite recall, yeah. and and just right. was like, okay, well, I've had enough of that. Now back to what I'm working on. Yeah, I, I I've not I'm not really. I mean, I guess I was just uh, of an age where I was more interested in the image books and the dark horse books and that sort of thing. Superheroes are, are lovely, but. Uh, there's something again and it probably crops up in my writing as well having sort of yeah i don't really write about powerful people be it super powered or kings and queens or politicians i'm not overly interested in those sorts of people i'm interested in in what i would call everyday people um you know people you know who go to the office or or just have you know tough times not uh yeah so that's that's kind of where i am so no i didn't really look at 
Spider-Man, obviously, uh, uh, yeah, I love the films and things, but uh, yeah, no, I've not read a Spider-Man comic for a long time, a long time. Well, uh, you are here to talk about Antarctica, which is your uh, image top cast series with artist Willie Roberts and Lyndon White. And you're about to wrap the first arc this month and launch a second arc uh, next month with a holiday story. Uh, Matt, take us into the cold. Hannah's life imploded the day her father failed to return from the secretive Smith-Peterson Research Station in Antarctica. Alone and on the street, she's at her lowest ebb when a friend offers help. Retrained as an engineer, Hannah secures a job at the same Antarctic station to search for her father and stumbles headfirst into a conspiracy that threatens everything she's ever believed. Now that sounds sounds exciting just like that. So I must have done something right. (laughs) So uh, what is the origin of this project? Um, The origin came, uh, we, uh, again, I I run a company called Blue Fox Comics in the UK, uh, Blue Fox Publishing Officially, uh, and we publish, started off publishing my own comics, um, but have evolved over the years to publish other people's as well. Um, But we use Kickstarter for that. Uh, And um, so... Back in 2015, I ran the first Kickstarter for, the, for that whatever inaugural um, adaptation that I did. Uh, but I was always so I was always sort of looking and I'm kind of a super backer on there as well. You know, I completely believe that you have to, you know, you put your money where your mouth is, whatever. Uh, and um, and I happened to see at some point um, that Top Cow had a Kickstarter on, and one of the rewards was you can have a six-page story in the anthology that they were published. And I knew that was too good to be true. Not too good to be true. I knew that was too good to miss. Uh, so basically, I, I was fortunate enough to have um, the money uh, enough to back it at that level. It's like a thousand bucks. And yeah, and, and just uh, and I was, saw it at the right time. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, and, and so that happened. I think it could, took a couple of years or a year or so, for, or a couple of years really, to, to get together to to actually have like the sit down and start talking about it. Uh, yeah, and that happened in LA and I wasn't going to miss out on that either. So we've sort of made a whole holiday around going over to LA and, and having this sort of uh, round table at, uh, at the Top Cow um, offices. And um, yeah, so that, that the story then... I'm not sure where exactly the story comes from. Um, parts of it, so obviously, I'm, I'm a big The Thing fan. Um, I would worry about anybody who wasn't a big The Thing fan. Uh, <laughs> and then um, there's, I like uh, films, TV, anything really, which is kind of set in one place, which is quite you know, restrictive and limited. So I think also, yeah, Antarctica is one of those places where there's not going to be many of them on the planet which you can do that sort of you know that sort of story like that uh, where you can't just run away from what's happening and you can't really just ring somebody up as well so mm-hmm. it's not really that is that easy there's big restrictions um so i think that was it um i suspect if i looked through my you know evernote flashes of inspiration at, you know at three o'clock in the morning uh, I'll probably see little bits of it on there because a lot of the time, what you, you know, what I do is you, know, you, you put these uh, these ideas down, and then you look back at them, and two of them sort of merge together. You think, oh, actually, yeah, that's that's probably a bit more of the story, or you know, or three or four of them. So I suspect that's what happened. For the sit down in LA, I had to have 
the premise. So it could have been blind panic as well, honestly. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it, but it happened and it was there and they and you know they liked it. And so it, again, again, I feel like it took another couple of years for it actually to to go all the way through you know, the process of, of, of create of um, you know, editing process, obviously, and, and Top Cow fitting it in with their schedules. Uh, but that process went well. Um, they 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 enjoyed working with me, I think, and, and obviously vice versa. And so they said, um, would I be interested in pitching something slightly longer for the book? Naturally, I said yes. Uh, and uh, and then, and then uh, and they like that and uh, yeah they, they they sort of um yeah went with that and and yeah very happy time so that's kind of where it came from um, and obviously it's been sort of being created again it kind of and it feels like another it's been a couple of years since you know they greenlit it and now we're here so uh, yeah it, it's been as I guess as loads of you know media projects do it's taking a long time to get here. So, uh, but it's it's very enjoyable slash stressful uh, now. So that's fine. Um, to you, what about Antarctica makes it, uh, besides the fact that The Thing is a great movie, uh, you know, a, a, such fertile ground for darker st- storytelling. You know, I think we talked a little bit about, you know, you can't really escape or phone a friend, but, uh, mm. you know, <laughs> The thing I put in my notes because I'm a gigantic smartass is, is it because it's the opposite of where Santa lives? You know what I mean? Like, like if we're talking about both poles are are equally cold, but <laughs> Krampus yeah, yeah, yeah. hangs out down there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah that's right. I think, uh, yeah, I think that I'm sure there is part of that. You know, you you have this lovely, probably not fluffy snow, but let's say it's fluffy snow. And realistically, it's like space. It's just there to kill you. You just got to be careful, you know. If you're not, you know, you can't really muck about, and you, you can't really run away. Um, so yeah, I think that's that. That is why it, it's it, it it um yeah. It just as a writer, I tend to like being kind of restricted in what I can do uh, in what we in the scenarios and things like that. So I think it really helps. And so when I was a kid at school, I always used to like the. Um, the, the stories where they gave you the first line of the story and then they said go away and finish the rest of it now i love that because it meant i don't know it just it just helps me really okay what can i do with this so uh, and i think it's the same here i sort of restrict myself so much and then i, I can work within those boundaries um and you know and make stuff up so yeah it's uh so yes it is that it, it's as well it that so yeah antarctica yeah it, we don't know what it's like none of us have been well very few of us have been there so we get to we get to play we get to you know have our own pictures of it in our head and i think yeah i think that definitely helps i was i was reading up on some like antarctic explorer history over the weekend and it was just the all these stories that people were telling of and and this is like early 20th century maybe even late 19th century but just you know if it was minus 50 below it was a warm day and like people, uh, people's teeth chattering so hard they shattered, uh, yeah. things like that. Yeah, um, you have to wonder, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, life was probably hard for everyone back then, but it wasn't that hard, you know. There, there, there were limits, you know. But yeah, so yeah, it it so it's it's a good um, it's a good story. I, I thoroughly enjoy it, sort of. Uh, but yeah, so. Anyway, I'm waffling. You carry. It's <laughs> okay. Um, 
you know, besides the thing, you know, what are what are some of the other influences that kind of go into this story? I, you know, in in reading the first six issues, I was like, okay, okay. I kind of the thing that came to me was mm-hmm. all right. Well, it feels like the thing meets Lost. Yeah, yeah. Lost is a is is a good thing. I I, I am a yeah. I was a, it came out. You know, I, I watched all of Lost. Uh, even you know, even the the longer feeling episodes. Um, and um, <laughs> it was uh. uh and but it and it did it, and it was really good and I enjoyed that and I enjoyed not knowing I enjoyed the fact that they would just throw random stuff out there and you know I, I was quite happy just to think okay that, um, they'll tell me what it is in the end and uh, sometimes they did um, so yeah very much yeah yeah so yeah very much like that um, and, and I guess in a way Lost is doing the same sort of thing yeah they're on an island they can't get off it's kind of similar isn't it um, so yeah yeah. It, I agree. I mean, and there are certain parts when we when we talked about we talked about with Top Cow. You know, one of the initial pitches was, uh, or the initial taglines was, you know, it was. Um, I'm going to think, but his dark materials, I mean, Stargate. Okay, you kind of got because you know, got a mm-hmm. but ish. You know, it's always ish. Um, so yeah, there's definitely that sort of thing. There's, you know, there, there's a there's something called the fracture where you know where you can go through to other worlds. Um, there's not yeah so yeah there is that, that that sort of thing and so it, it's quite enjoyable doing that as well because i'm i think that there were times when i've been when i thought okay oh should you know should i actually do you know should i include stuff it's hard to come up with brand new stuff as we all know um but actually when i've got to that I, it's nice because i think oh yeah i it, it's more of just a, a, a homage to it really it's nice to be able to throw things in in, in one of the um in one of the uh recent drafts which which didn't which didn't make it shall we say uh i i had a young hannah uh you know crawling through a uh, ventilation system basically on christmas day it was die hard but <laughs> um <laughs> but it's totally enjoyable because you know that's it and, and if you look at some of the variant covers now um there for uh arc two there, there's one which is a poltergeist basically um carol Annett, the tv type thing mm-hmm. and there's another one where it's uh where it looks very similar to the vitruvian man so yeah there's you know, so i'm actually really enjoying just putting everything that you know i've ever heard of just giving a little nod to it and stuff like that so yeah it's just uh it, it, yeah it's very enjoyable there you go uh how did you gather your creative team Woody and Lyndon. So Woody, yeah, does the does the art. Lyndon does the letters. Um, I've worked with them for a long time. Um, with at Blue Fox. So say Woody. Uh, I've worked with Woody for a couple of titles at Blue Fox. Uh, we've got like a um, uh, a dark fantasy called Cloder, and uh, we did an adaptation of the thing on the doorstep as well together. Um, which is fantastic. So I've known how he works, and, and he works fast, and 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 we work well together. He he, he always improves everything that I do in the nicest way. Uh, and Lyndon also, um, Lyndon was with me right from the yeah right from the start um, as, as a letterer, and he's also an artist. He's a fantastic artist, uh, and we've published a few of his books. Um, so yes, know them well uh, through Blue Fox, and that's one of the lovely things to be able to do to to having started uh, yeah having. Yeah, started Blue Fox with publishing and then finding these people and just bring, I don't know, you know, just rising tide is the classic thing. But yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted to, oh, that's what I wanted to do and I've managed to do it. So there's also um, on 
the issue five uh, variant cover is a lady called Marjorie Yokomitso, um, who also has worked for us. Um, who, yeah, who's done a couple of a uh, couple of books for us. So yeah, it's just this is what I want to do. I've got uh, we've worked with some great artists, um, so it's nice to be able to um, yeah bring them along. But and that's where I found them. In your dealings with Top Cow, how often or at all do you get to talk to the tallest man in comics, Mark Silvestri? <laughs> I got to sit next to him, so I didn't feel as uh, as, as short um, when when we were both sitting down. Um, but uh, yeah, it, that was at San Diego, so I met him for the first time. Yeah, I, he pops up. I see he likes some stuff that I that I that I share, so mm-hmm. which, which is nice to see. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was really nice. It was. It, very relaxed um when i sit next to him you know um uh doing what he does at, at san diego so yeah it, it was very nice and and he said nice things about the book which is which is very cool so uh yeah but so yes it, it was very cool they <laughs> top cow have been absolutely fantastic this is i mean it's a nice thing to be able to sit here and say i think this is obviously my first um published in yeah a larger um publisher comic um and so it's lovely to, and I feel very lucky to have sort of fallen in with Top Cow because they've really helped. They sort of uh, uh, really helped me along the way and helped all of us really along the way understand what needs to be done. Uh, and they're very professional. Uh, and uh, there doesn't a day, there isn't a day that goes by which I don't have at least like five emails to re- reply to them with all the all the different things going on. So yeah, they they, they work hard and uh, and yeah, it, it looks lovely. I mean, all, all the books we have and and they, and they go above and beyond as well, um, which I really appreciate. Things like uh, recently, I, I wanted to get a banner for well, for Antarctica for the cons that we do here, and yeah, that they, they very happily stepped in and said, uh, yeah, Phil. Uh, one of the editors stepped in and they just did that you know they they produced a banner for us and that was lovely i didn't wasn't asking them to but they did they did that so yes really um yeah working with top cow we're very lucky and uh yeah long may it continue honestly so. were you uh surprised that the book got a second arc was that something that was was in the plan was it kind of sales dependent um, yes, I'm pretty sure it was sales dependent. Um, in my in my head canon, yeah, this story goes on for a long time. Um, it, it's um, so the mini series, the, the five issues that they okayed. Yeah, so when, when it got we knew well, when it kind of went for the second arc and then became an ongoing series, basically, yeah, I, I I had to tweak the last page of issue five because of something else had to happen. But in my mind, I, I in my mind, I'd actually already written three and a half issues of the uh, of the second arc. But before, well, actually, before I went to San Diego, and it was where it was at San Diego where they said we'd like to continue it. Um, so yes, yes, it, 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 it it's really good. I think it's, it's it's lovely to be to to be told that and and to be able to you know message Willie and message Lyndon saying yeah they you know, they they want to continue and they want to carry it on. So yeah, and and obviously. We live in 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 you know society which needs people to buy things as we all found out during COVID, and um, so yes, it, it needs to it needs to keep doing the numbers. Um, I have a lot of people. Uh, we were at Thought Bubble um, in the UK literally a couple of days ago, and um, and lots of people even there, lots of people coming up saying they really enjoyed it. 
uh, had people who come over from Norway, they, uh, from a comic shop over there, saying how, how much they enjoyed it. So it seems that, I mean, thankfully, no one who hates it comes up to me and says, I really hate your book. So that's lovely. So I, mean, I don't have to cry. But but there are an awful lot of people who come up and say they, they like, really like the book. So I, I hope that means that it's doing okay. After issue two, I've been a... I've been a bit coy to ask about numbers and, and how many it's doing. So I'm just, uh, yeah, we shall see. But the other thing is, obviously, we have got the next arc. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with the next arc because sort of we, we go back in time. It's not a time travel story, but we go back in 15 years and we see what happens 15 years in the past. So, so that's a lot of fun to do as well. Um, and as you say, it's a... So it's kind of a. It was initially when I started writing, it was going to be like a holiday themed, just one issue, okay, because it was coming out in December, or in my mind it was coming out in December because they hadn't agreed it, um, and then and then it turned into a you know this five issue arc thing. So, but that's that's okay. That's what happens to stories. So, I mean, the good thing is I sort of know, I know what happens right kind of at the end of the whole story. I know what happens. Um, it's just I don't know how you know all the, the the different meanderings we're going to get to uh, to reach there. So yeah, hopefully it'll it'll be quite a while. Is there? Do you kind of have in your head or or in a word document? You know, wherever these things are stored. <laughs> you know, the version of Antarctica that ends at issue ten, the version that ends at issue. 50, you know, if it's going arc by arc, you know, I, I guess. Yeah, I, <laughs> how, how I, I really it. should do. I think is the answer. I really should do. Uh, do I? No, I, I don't. Um, I su- I suspect uh, it is a case of leaving. Obviously, at the end of each arc, kind of leaving it at a at a reasonable point where if we don't get to keep going, then it's okay. Um, but but not much. It's it's not you know I wouldn't say it's a hard and fast. It's obviously at the, at the end of issue five. It's not an it's it's not an end. You don't think okay, well that's the end of the. It's it's kind of the end of the Hannah's initiation into this weird and wacky world. Yes, I suppose so. Um, but uh, but no, if, if we hadn't have got any more, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't have explained anything. So um, yeah, so yeah, I I'm I'm kind of yeah quite reliant on on all the lovely people out there enjoying the book and keep on buying. Uh, and yes, I'll just keep saying this throughout the podcast because <laughs> that's what I'm here for. I guess. Uh, generally with this arc, uh, you know, how are you looking to, to raise the stakes for everything? Um, well, we, for arc two, uh, so back 15 years, Hannah's now seven, uh, or, or all the Hannah's are now seven. Uh, and, um, and so I guess, you know, if you have a seven-year-old kid, yeah, it's going to raise the stakes. You know, hopefully people don't want them to die. Um, so that's that that's part of it. But we also get, but this is the first time, you know, in, in, in the first arc, we, we, we got flashbacks of, of Hannah or, or Hannah Prime, as we like to call her, the first Hannah, uh, with, with, her father and stuff like that and, and with Jerome and, and interaction, but it's only a kind of a few pages each issue. Um, but now Jerome's there all the time because um, he's before he's disappeared. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, so we see the interaction with, with them. Uh, the Hannah that we meet actually in this second arc isn't 
the prime Hannah. This is this is actually Doctor Curtis. It's not, it's not obvious. It's not wildly obvious. It, it kind of is. You know, I wrote it. Wrote it. So yeah, I, I could see it. But it's um, so yeah. So in the first arc, we the Doctor Curtis Hannah from the alternate universe. It doesn't really like her father. Clearly, it has problems, and so we're kind of seeing where where they stem from. You know, it's quite so. It's not in a way. It's not enough to have just her hating him and and not really know. So this way we get to we get to find out what what the changes are and it's kind of the theme of the book really um what would happen if something different yeah it, it, yeah you actually you always think well, what, what would happen if i had made a different decision well here we get kind of to see what happens when the hannahs make different decisions <laughs> um so yeah so we get so we get to see samples of that in this one and we also um introduce a new character as well uh uh, Dr. Gohul, um, who uh, who basically who we'll see. It's a lot of fun, and um, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's nice introducing characters. Uh, I, I enjoy. It. I, I I want to make everyone. I want I want the reader to care for everyone in a way. Um, you know, it's not it's it's not just uh, you know it's all shades of grey in in all of the characters. None of them are perfect. None of them are purely evil. They all have reasons, um, and sometimes those reasons don't appear to me until i'm you know writing them on the page i mean a classic thing issue five you know there's a there's a you know, there's a the kind of i mean big reveal really uh, um and yeah i i didn't really know too much about that until i was writing it and then yeah you get sort of uh the goosebumps sort of uh all over and you think oh right yeah thank you brain that's what i was doing all along i'll now try and make it look like i knew what i was doing but uh Without uh, without spoiling anything, I was I was I'm reminded a little bit in hearing you talk about that. There's the uh, in Ghostbusters two when they reintroduce Egon, uh, he's he's working with some sort of child who's behind a window, and at the very end of of, of the scene, uh, the Sigourney Weaver, you know, leaves, and all of a sudden he turns back to his team and nods at the the child on the other side of the window and says. Let's see what happens when we take away the teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh the the one one story point that I wanted to talk about in in the in the holiday issue is mm-hmm. Hannah's fascination with uh the movie A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Yeah. Why that particular piece of very good Yuletide media? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I I kind of explain it. I mean on in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to go and see like a, a live orchestra version of it, which I cannot, <laughs> I cannot wait. It's in Edinburgh, so um, yeah. We, so that that is a it's a favorite, you know. Yeah, Die Hard, Muppet Christmas Carol, you know, they're they're, they're the, these films that you have to have, um, and it's also fun because you know, in again, in one of the other th- parts of the script, um, it was going to be revealed that. You know, in in one of the universes that there is no Muppets Christmas Carol. You know, I know, I know, and what what a dark this is the darkest timeline, as they would say. <laughs> um, so, uh, but no, so I don't. It's just fun, isn't it? It's fun to do that. And I also on a, on a couple of occasions, you know, that there are things that that, that Jerome talks about because Jerome kind of visits all of the all the different realms, uh, and that you know we would never have heard, we haven't heard of here. So it's so it's just quite fun. It's quite fun. You kind of. Uh, you know, like sort of seeding those sort of things. It's the sort of thing I do, uh, and then you know, 
four issues, five issues, ten issues down the line, I think, oh, I can use that 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 weird random off the cuff thing that I said there, and uh, and 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 bring it back in. But yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol was just fantastic. I did is the yeah all of it plus the the song which for some reason they cut i never really understood why but that's back in there so yeah yeah who wouldn't want that so yeah it's, it's a lot of fun and i think uh i think you know it, it's that grounding it's when you're reading it you know obviously if you if you're reading the book and you don't like the Muppet christmas carol i don't understand you i'm not sure <laughs> if this is a book for you but um but no, no, but it is. It's you read it and you think, I don't know. I, I hope to form those little attachments, you know, carefully. It, you know, it's like, um, I don't know. I see it in my mind as there, like Gulliver's travel, all his hair being just yeah, hit down with nails so he can't move. It's that sort of thing. It's very subtly sort of drawing people in so they care about everything and they are, they can see it. And, um, yeah, yeah, I like it too. It's uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it, it's um. Yeah, there's different parts of everything. Uh, and anyway, I'm again, I'm watching. It's funny, you, you know, saying it was the darkest timeline, you literally took those words right out of my mouth when you said that there is a timeline where Muppet's Christmas Carol does not exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. But speaking sort of along those lines, um, multiverses and alternate Earths are something that we're seeing a lot of in pop culture in the past few years. This mm. is not that I'm saying you're jumping on a bandwagon. That is not at all. Mm. I think there is that sort of time when things enter the zeitgeist and mm. proliferate. Mm. For you, is there a reason that you see multiverses, alternate Earths coming to the forefront in pop culture right now? Um, I mean... <laughs> It's not the easiest time to be alive. It's not the worst either, and and I and I feel maybe that's a little bit of it. Um, maybe you sort of, um, yeah, you're interested in how other people, you know, how other people surviving right now, and I and I think um, retreating into multiverses is, uh, is is probably um, is probably quite a nice thing. Obviously, again, when when the idea was when I first was did it was like six whatever six years ago. Let's say um, it feels like. Um, so it's just good timing. The fact that it's, it's here now and, and, and it, multiverses are kind of, as you say, in, in the forefront. Um, yeah, so dumb luck. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it's just, uh, I just, I think we, I, I, I just like it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it is that thing of sci-fi, isn't it? It is quite a, a nice trope of sci-fi, um, having that sort of thing. So I, I it's just nice to see, uh, or, or, or or see what's going on and and, uh, and maybe you know some people got it better than us some people have got it worse than us and and uh yeah maybe that's it it it's interesting that as kind of media conglomerates have gotten larger and they've swallowed up more things mm -hmm. multiverses multiverse stuff has gotten more prevalent because they've swallowed up things that were doing it long before you know they were staples of of pop culture uh you know to to ill ends in some cases space jam too uh but <laughs> you know it's still it's still a storytelling device worth worth using uh and ex and exploring especially when you're not you know carrying the baggage of of yeah. billions of dollars of intellectual property. Uh, yeah, yeah. I will say that. 
Um, and also Spider-Man did it. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, I mean, who, who, who didn't want to see, you know, Andrew Garfield and uh, Toby Maguire? It was lovely. It was, it was for me, you know, probably the highlight of the film. But, uh, but yeah, but that was interesting. I, so it's interesting to see, you know, not just carbon copies of the same person. It they physically look different and and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. That's interesting too. Um, um, it doesn't happen in Antarctica, but uh, I think that's that's quite. I like that too because it's just again different. Anything which is just slightly different. So um, and uh, yeah. In Antarctica, yeah, you have to say the same, um, same thing, but different, just different people, and 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 you know, the 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 thing with Hirsch, I think, is really interesting, and that came up um, in issue four. I thought it was a, it was it was such a good way of 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 having of of having these characters, and and you know, I, I want people to be able to read this and and. Maybe understand more and 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 open you know and, and suddenly think oh okay for the you know, for the last four issues I didn't realize and 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 it just I don't know you know it's that sort of thing as well so there, there's lots of things you, you can you can do and 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 you know subtly hope that you know you make things better. That How was did... a great. That was a great twist in that issue, and I don't want to say any more about it mm-hmm. because I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read yeah. that far yet. But I. It's one of those things where I want to go back and reread it now to yes. see what you might have laid out leading up to that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there, there are little points, little, little, yeah, quite subtle, but yes, there are. Little points. So. How do you and, and and your team keep in in discussing things, scripting things in the design phase? You know, keep these multiversal versions of the different characters straight in your own heads for yourselves mm. um i mean for, from a sort of production side and witty is fantastic in doing that he i mean and, and he really sort of uh is yeah it's very it's so much uh you know into it and you know will send me sort of 3d renderings of of things that you know i've never even imagined would be exist and so and it's, so he's really into it really planning it uh and that there are certain things as well i think if you look at the uh if you if you put the, the logos of you know kind of like a earth one and earth two together sort of thing on the things that i think they actually form like almost like a vitruvian man as well so he he's done all this and he's hidden them sort, sort of sort of thing as well so um, so production wise, yeah, he does. He comes up with all these, um, you know, fantastic um, sort of clothes and suits and and um, uh, and spaces, uh, and also he feeds in with all the, a lot of ideas as well, which is nice. You know, with the with the third base that appears in issue five, you know, we've already got a good idea what's go- you know what's going on inside that base. So that's really nice, and and that's sort of that's just Woody coming out and saying, "This is what I think. This is what I think," and, and he sends me the you know, uh, he sends me the covers that he, he does, you know, and it, and we start, and you can just see that he's, you know, really understanding it and and and, and building on on what's going on. Um, what was the question? Because sometimes I waffle and uh, miss the question completely. No, no, no. I, and I think you answered it too, which is basically just about how you guys keep all the the different versions yeah. of these characters straight in your own head. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think, but from a writing perspective, it's easier. I, I imagine it's easier for me because they're in my head, 
And at the moment, we only have three Hannahs. Um, so it's kind of okay. And one of them we haven't really talked about. You know, so even the second arc, we're sort of just dealing with the, the two Hannahs. But um, yeah, it's uh, so, so yes. So for me, it, it, it's easier. Um, but uh, for, for Lyndon, I think for lettering it, I think sometimes that could be quite because uh, I don't know. Because so you're saying the same names on the page, I'll like, call them like Alt Hannah or Doctor Curtis or something like that. So I think probably uh, yeah, he has quite a lot of fun uh, matching balloons to people. But um, but apart from that, no, it, it, it's it's. It's not been too bad so far. I do I do worry about that. I do worry about the gaping plot holes, um, wherever they might exist. Hopefully, I'm, I'm you know, hopefully I, when I think of them, when I realise them, I, I then think, okay, well, I'm going to have to cover that somehow later on. And, and you know, so it, it, like I knew what I was doing. So, but we'll see. We'll see. So uh, on to other things for a little bit. You just funded on Kickstarter a game book called Monuments. Uh, mm. what, uh, tell us a little bit about that. So when I was 12, um, Fighting Fantasy came out. So Fighting Fantasy was Steve Jackson in Livingston, the English Steve Jackson in Livingston. And uh, so very formative years, um, quite an introvert when I was younger, quite an introvert now, really. Uh, and, um, and uh, yeah, didn't really have loads of friends to, to, to play that sort of, you know, that, that sort of fantasy sort of thing. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, got all the books downstairs on the shelf still. Um, and always, always you know, for the last... Whatever, from age 12, probably to I think age 47, I, I tried to actually write them with disastrous results. Um, and then I sort of uh, had this, uh, I, I did IT up till three years ago, uh, and uh, I was between contracts for IT. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, I've got to give it a go. I've got to, you know, young Simon would be so sad if he didn't. So I, I got like the Pathfinder tiles uh, that you can get laid out a dungeon on, on my on the dining room table uh in this quite a small dining room table i have to admit they were hanging off um and and then got some pathfinder like npcs and monsters and put those and just looked at it and just came up with the story after putting them together so uh i have always been a very visual person so i think this is so coming up with the story that was good and you, I, I was thinking if i did a dungeon call that'd be really good because it's kind of the simplest way of starting it you know i don't have to do any open world stuff and it's just a, going from here to here um so yeah so that, that's what what i did and then there's a piece of software that also i, I discovered um which allowed me um something like game book authoring tool which allowed me to it takes a lot of the heavy lifting with the you know it, it, with the well just the structure and showing you you know things that you've missed or you know with the flow chart and everything so that really helps so yeah, so I, I I did that. Um, I was aiming on doing like a four hundred paragraph thing, like the old Finding Fantasies were. Ended up doing a seven hundred paragraph thing, um, because I don't know, I just got carried away, uh, and uh, so that's really good. So and published that, or kickstarted that a few years ago. Um, then uh, did another one, which was uh, based on again. I did uh, Shadow of Rinsmouth adaptation, comic adaptation. I thought that would be a good scenario for a, a game book, so did that as well and then started doing a newsletter so i do a newsletter called a branching narrative on substack uh, and that has smaller adventures so i do like uh, an adventure per quarter like 200 paragraphs 200 sections and yeah and and whilst i was doing that um it was in the back of my mind that one of the good things i could do with this is, is is kind of collect them together into a book so and that's what we did so um 
that's just happened uh, and we fund it um completely as as uh, we do thankfully and uh yeah so that now it's uh again woody does the interior art for that so that's the other problem it's because he's now busy and now we're on an ongoing series the poor chap doesn't have you know time to uh time to have breakfast so um so yeah so i've got to try and get him to do some uh full page images for that but uh but yeah so but it's fun and again the younger version of me would be would be very happy that uh this has happened and, and weirdly um a few years ago i i i co-wrote a film called the search for simon i didn't name it it's just what it was called when i came on board uh and um and the chap who co-wrote that with me and also directed it um chap called martin gooch um uh, was friends with ian livingston also ian livingston uh and uh, he was in the film so i got to meet him and uh all that sort of stuff so yeah it's it's been weird and, that, and now they we also have uh a con over here called fighting fantasy fest so I, I i get to meet them there as well so all in all i've had quite a good life i can't complain i have to say i mean it's weird and you know you could never have predicted it but by golly it's, it's done okay what what goes into writing a game book? You know, how much of a challenge is it compared to writing, say, a Again, comic it, it, Yeah, um, it's. I look for maps. So, like, like I did on that first one when I when I created the map. Now I kind of look for um, D and well, yeah, like D and D maps or battle maps, sort of thing, uh, and just try and look at that and, and 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 draw inspiration from them. If there's one which triggers something, uh, the most recent adventure that I, that I did was called unimaginatively on purpose webs of death and um so that was just literally and that's what it was it was just a map of, of you know caves with spiders and um yeah and I, I don't know sometimes sometimes you can just do it sometimes you can just sit down and you can write and sometimes it, you can't but the actual process yeah i i did that one in i think two or three days and that was really good if you can have a concentrated bit of time because as you can imagine I've got if if you leave it sort of any length of time between starting and then continuing it's uh you you have to get back into the whole mindset again of what this adventure is and and you know balancing I try and balance it as you go through because that makes sense um so if you're if you've left a time gap between the two that that can be the trickiest part so it's if you can do it and you have a watch of time and you can really concentrate it, it helps it helps but yeah, it's it's completely different to to running a comic, really. Um, but uh, but then you know it's it, it's different to writing a play or a screenplay or you know the short stories that I've done as well and novels that I've done. So yeah, I try and do lots of things. I try and try my hand at lots of things. I'm not saying any of them are particularly great, but I try my hands at lots of things, and uh, uh, and it helps when it, when it comes to writing. Um, sometimes if you get sort of uh, at a place and think, I don't know what coming next in this screenplay let's say you know I, I've turned and I, I've written a short story based in this scenario and then that helps me because you know short stories kind of by nature you, you have to write a bit more about you know what's going on in people's minds or whatever as opposed to what they're actually saying so that can really help so having all these different types of kind of mediums that I've written in um, yeah helps. It helps and sometimes when I'm writing a comic uh it, it kind of turns into a play basically because i think okay I, I just know what they want to say i don't know and uh i'll i'll stop filling in uh the, you know the panel descriptions i'll just okay basically there's going to be you know it's a conversation there's going to be one you know, two or three people speaking per panel and i just i just get that done that way 
And there are other times where it's very visual, where I'll, I'll write in, you know, what I want the scene to look like and not really know exactly what they want. I want them to say. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's kind of random, um, but um, it keeps it alive for me. As I say, I'm not the sort of person who can plan everything out. It, that would kind of kill it for my writing. I, I need to be surprised. Um, so that's what I do. You're you're an aggressive uh, Kickstarter, er. Mm. What what strategies have you developed over the past few years to to get projects over the finish line? It helps. Obviously, we've been doing them for since 2015, um, and we do. So we now do a Kickstarter a month, um, wow. which I think would uh, would scare quite a lot of people. Um, but they're quite streamlined, as you can imagine. Now um, the pages have the same. Um, yeah, have the, have the same structure. Um, and literally, I was doing it today. Actually, one of the things I was doing today was I, I was uh, I was preparing the next Kickstarter. The one, the game book one finished on Tuesday. I've submitted one to to start in a couple of weeks' time now. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, I, I the, the goal we always put now as a thousand pounds. Um, so obviously it costs more to do everything, but generally we get more than that. Um, so that's not a problem. Usually, I don't know, it's sort of anything from say 5,000 to 12,000 would be like an average one we get, which is a very fortunate position to be in. Um, and so good. We've got a lot, yeah, a lot of, um, backers who are, you know, are very loyal. Um, so yeah, so, so it's good to when it comes to kickstarter it's good to have that uh like i'd always say um you know people need to start building their email list now if you haven't got an email list build your email list um friends and family people who like you start off with those and then and it goes on from there and, and when you do kickstarters uh, obviously um you then get start getting people who who, who have bought your book and they, if they like it then you know there's a chance there's like a that's probably like a two-thirds chance that they'll they'll want to join your your, your newsletter and, and and thus and and now we live in times where algorithms just suck honestly don't they and they're literally there again to feed the sites um and um so there's no point i mean it's hardly any really isn't any point um you're very lucky if you if you get lots of views so having an email list is is what you know you're pretty much guaranteed that that email will hit their their inbox and they will read it. So it's a much it's a much better way of doing it, um, of getting eyes on it. And there's other tools as well. Backerkit have a great uh, tool um, which allow you to email again, but allow you to email people who backed you in the past. So that's only good once you're sort of like three or four in. Um, but yeah. I, I, it's I, I i don't worry about it now i i obviously when i did when i the first few i would worry you know i i would look at it quite a lot and and um and and think about how next can i get you know how can i get the next backer how can i get the next backer but then but then it stopped being like that and i don't worry about that anymore and in fact when the when the monuments one finished I just I was just busy doing something else, and I, when I knew because the I got the email from Kickstarter saying, "Hey, it's been successfully funded," and I thought, oh, "Okay, that's good." So yeah, it does get to a bit like that because you couldn't I I couldn't do the month after month um, if I was as stressed as I first was. So um, it's a case of, uh, I, I but I I completely understand why why it's quite it's a lot to a lot of people, but I don't know. We we just do it now and and. It was say it was October 
2020, I was working in IT, uh, still working in IT. I was finding it hard to work from home, obviously, during COVID. Um, just, uh, it, it was really difficult. So fortunately, I uh, had a, a chat with my wife, Marielle, and we sort of said, OK, well, let's give it a, a go for three months. If we'll, we'll see if I can, yeah, if I can do you know, three Kickstarters in a row and then we'll uh, and see where it comes from there. And, and I'm still going. So it helps not having the day job. So, and, uh, oh, this is the day job. Now I do a day job, which is like 20 hours a day instead of, you know, eight hours for somebody else. Um, but that's okay. Um, that's how it works. But yeah, I, I think so. I think that's it. I think it's that not worrying, even if it fails, you'll still learn stuff and you can relaunch it. And generally, if you relaunch it, you'll, you will get more backers because you get the backers that back to you first time and then you get some new day one backers. So it's not to worry about that. It's not a failure by any means. It's, 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 um, um, it just means you can learn from it. Yeah. You talked about it a little in there about loyal backers, mm. but the Kickstarters that come out from uh, Blue Fox are so varied. Is there a large crossover across all those campaigns, or do you curate specific audiences for the game books versus the different genres of comics, of which there are quite a few? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yes, the game books and the comics aren't a one-on-one, uh, obviously, um, but there there is a, there is a crossover um, who who do ha- have both. I, I think for the comics, um, yeah, I think people like the, the Blue Fox brand um, and the Blue Fox brand um, really comes down to, say, it's either stuff that I've written or Marielle's written uh, or stuff that we like and, and we think um, we would buy. Um, so, yes, we, we have books all from, you know, Fishing Memories, which is about yeah, a man fishing for pop, uh, a man suffering from Alzheimer's, fishing for pomegranates, trying to get his memories back. Uh, uh, to um, the hexes, which are you know, is a, is a psychological horror anthology uh, written by me. Um, to Robin, which is a, a, an all ages, uh, and that, yeah, it's sort of gender flip Robin Hood. So yes, we do have a lot. Uh, we have a lot that, for for comics. Yes, they do come back again and again and again because um, I don't know because they like the same stuff that we that we like, um, and they know we deliver, and, and you know we we can um you know time and time again obviously we wouldn't be able to keep doing it if we didn't deliver so um and, and sometimes they'll wait and and, and they'll sort of have, play catch up on you know uh, maybe they'll skip two or three kickstarters and then and then catch up on all the stuff that we've done so but yeah it, it is surprising how many do return um but again with all kickstarters what kickstarters want to think is that you will get drop off uh, uh and you will get new people and so and, and that and that's okay as well so it's not Again, it's not worrying about the people who haven't backed again for like an issue two or an issue three. That's okay. A lot of the time they just don't know about it because life has gotten in the way. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I've, I've received lots of emails where people have said, oh, I didn't realise that you know, this, this had come out or you'd done this. And, and um, yeah, and people come up to us at cons and, and pick up their latest, latest stuff as well. Uh, so that they'll wait for that. Um, it is, it's, it's, it, you know, I couldn't do what I do uh, before Kickstarter, it it is open the door to uh, allow that to happen, um, and it's lovely because I've always been a person who's very much um, created stuff um, 
by my own is a sort of a saying I had when I was a young kid, and it's kind of it really. I I I just do stuff. I like to, I like being in control of what I do. Uh, and 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 my thing, you know, the, that's the reason I you know when I wrote the novels, I uh, I probably did send them around to agents and that sort of stuff, but I didn't wait very long. I just published it because the tools are there now. I live in I was fortunate enough to live in the age of the internet, and 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 this this stuff is possible. So. Yeah, yeah, and and Kickstarter, there's such a great community of people who want to help you, uh, and you know, it, it, it's yeah, it's incredible. For you as a publisher, is there a different set of challenges, or maybe not even challenges might not be the right word, but set of steps when you're kickstarting your book versus? a book that someone else is writing uh, or working on? Um, when we come to Kickstarter, when, whenever we go to Kickstarter, uh, the books are finished. That's a good thing to say. So we're not, we aren't waiting for other people because I know, I know buses come along and people fall under them. So I know, you know, you've got to have the finished thing. Um, so, yeah. So is there a different way? I don't think so. Um, I mean, one of the things with the campaigns now is that they're quite i guess probably said before they're quite streamlined uh, we don't have a lot of uh add-ons which aren't just our books which, you know which we've already printed so we don't we don't have t-shirts and, and mugs and and rulers and pencils and we just have the books um which simplifies everything and so yeah if it <clears throat> whether it's a book that somebody else is has as uh, that we're publishing for somebody else or one of our books now i'd say it's fairly the same it's the same process we do um uh I, I it's one of the joys of of doing what i do is to be able to send people emails saying yes we'd like to publish your book uh it, it is a lovely thing you know it's lovely when we get submissions and and they do fit within the blue fox sort of family of, of, of books um yeah i i when we were in in uh san diego a couple of um uh the writer and the artist uh, of something uh, of, of a book called the inspectors uh that we that we publish um jared rowe and david flores uh we met met, met them for food because they're, they're in la uh and it, that was just fantastic you know that we were able to because we'd already published it but yeah by then and and uh just to be able to you know say hello and 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 to meet them and and uh know that we'd help them because i know what it, it felt like that i do know really when i got the top carry email i know exactly what it feels like to get that email so to be able to give that to other people is is yeah, strangely euphoric, I have to say. So, yeah. What uh, when you're looking to back campaigns, you know, what are the sort of kickstarters that grab your attention? Well, battle maps for a good reason. Uh, <laughs> I've got a fair few of those. Our RPG books. Uh, we're looking uh, definitely at a sort of base, basically expanding the the rules that we have for our game books into more of an. Uh, solo or cooperative RPG type system. It, that's a long term thing, sort of ticking along in the background, but it's one a very enjoyable thing. Um, uh, but uh, if they're comics, I back generally at the digital level because of uh, postage uh, and um, the amount of books I've currently got on shelves. Um, but apart from that, yeah, it, it's, it's that sort of thing. Uh, there's um, yeah, there are quite a few that that you know that that will pop up, and 
I'll back them. I don't really back games, as in tabletop games, very much. Um, but it's yeah, it's, it's comics, and it's just I like if I like, if I like the art, if I like the premise of the story, I'll I'll back it. Um, so yeah, and that, that's kind of it. And and uh, I can't remember how many I'm on now, but yeah, it's probably it's three hundred and something, I think. But uh, it's it's lovely to do, and it's lovely to give that back. And um, yeah, and I, I always yeah. It, it, yeah, it's me waffling. Sorry, I'll shut up. How much of a given day or week for you is is running Blue Fox? Um, yeah, it's we have a lot of projects going. I, I think it's fair to say we've got. So we're doing this. The next Kickstarter for us is one called Powers Fearful and Divine Number Three. So it's, uh, this is somebody else's book. Um, so that's that, but. And there's two more issues of that to do. Um, we've got, um, I've got like, uh, I don't know, let's say probably about seven single issues that I, that I need to, that, that I need to kickstart of my own stuff. I've also got, you know, we, we, uh, the, uh, we've just taken on a submission as well from uh, uh, somebody else. Uh, a lady um, writer and artist, uh, which is fantastic. So then there's four issues in that, which we'll collect at some point. So that's five Kickstarters. So yeah, it's, it suddenly starts being, um, yeah, we kind of, we get quite limited because it's time and stuff like that. Um, was that the question? I've got, I've got, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, yeah. So it's, um, there's, there's, there's lots of, uh, there's lots of projects in the pipeline that we have. Uh, and so, yes, the amount of work that, thank you. That's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, I time slice, it would seem. Um, so obviously working in IT has uh, working around CPUs has uh, rubbed off on me or something. And I, I seem to, I, I will probably work on lots of different projects in a day, just nudging them all forward a little bit more. Um, so that's kind of my, my, my work. It, it it is a rare time where I have a day or half a day where I actually sit and write. Um, I find it be- I find it easiest to write on trains, probably because there's no one there to interrupt me, and it's also interesting. And I don't know, um, but uh, so I, I need to go on a few more train journeys or or writing retreats or something like that. Um, but yeah, so as always, as soon as you do what you love as a as a job you know that gets in the way and everything else sort of is down here but i wouldn't change it for the world honestly um it's so yeah but so a lot of it most of it all of it um i'm still here it's whatever the time is over here nearly nine o'clock and uh yeah very happy um you know to keep going and keep thinking and and, you know i'll get edits coming in and uh yeah one of the greatest things is you know, to get new pages in for books uh, from the artists and see you know them working their just magic on on, on your words. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's yeah. I work long hours, but I would I work them generally with a smile unless I'm tired, and then I just am grumpy. Okay, uh, you meant you mentioned you mentioned them before. Tell us about your dog. Oh yeah, oh, right. So Indy. Um, she's a rescue dog. We got her uh, when she was 11 months old. She um, managed to do my cruciate ligament in because she ran into my knee when it was my standing leg. 
but mm. I still love her. So that must be how nice she is. Um, that was many years ago. I'm, I'm kind of okay now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, she's 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 very clever, but very silly. Um, and I think she's nine now. Um, and uh, yeah, and sort of barks at people who come to the door, but but does it with her tail wagging, so she's not really too sure whether she you know wants to see them off or wants them you know to fuss her. Uh, but yeah, she's great. She's kind of, uh, I think, uh, Labrador type size, but uh, has a has a sort of a staffy face and a bit of a Rhodesian ridge back down her back, which is now sort of splayed out a little bit now. Um, so yeah, a bit of everything, but uh, but yeah, very nice. We also have another, we have a cat. We um, we have a cat called Christopher who uh, has three legs. Uh, again, a rescue. Uh, and uh, yeah, he came with three legs. We didn't have like get hungry ones, uh, and um, he. Uh, uh, he's he, he, he's 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 just a cat on its own. He, he's just you know wants to sit on you, wants to kind of wants to be fast, but doesn't really want you to know that he wants to be fast. So that sort of thing. And 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 I yeah you know, loves you know playing the game of drawing blood uh, from my hand um, quite a lot. So yeah, but he's uh, but he's great too. So yeah, we we and they get along. Indy is incredibly jealous of the cat as soon as because she's big, so she can't sit on our lap without you know repercussions. So um, she doesn't like it when you know, Christopher will come and sit on our lap. So, but uh, but they're lovely, and we're very lucky to have them. Bless them. And so when we went to uh, the mother-in-law's here as well because she looked after the when we went to uh, Thought Bubble. So uh, yeah, it's a bit of a full house at the moment, but it's 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 nice. That's one in each of our columns this week. That's true. Yes. Ah. <laughs> Um, yes yes uh, i i am team dog and that is team cat okay <laughs> so. yeah yeah yeah. They, um yeah yeah i mean the dog needs more walking that's all i can say but uh it's a good thing it's a good thing but she's uh but uh yeah i don't know but it's, it's lovely to have them there and it's lovely to come back you know and indy be very happy and christopher just to look at you from the stairs <laughs> and then do nothing <laughs> that's fine <laughs> but he doesn't he's a house cat now because the three legs he hasn't really got the power to you know i worry that he would get stuck somewhere because he's a cat and wouldn't mm. be able to sort of scrabble out because that because he's a back leg that he's missing and he doesn't really give him a lot of purchase uh and also he's an idiot um and i've seen him run across the road in, in front of cars and no wondering you know how he lost that that yeah that leg in the first place um but but there you go. That's that's animals for you or or, or furry kids. Um, but yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, I know you just did Thought Bubble. Any other uh, conventions, signings, appearances coming up for you? Yeah, the great thing about doing the game books uh, is that you know I I can kind of not with the word legitimately legitimately go to the tabletop cons, but we do. We go to there, there's like um, there's. Tabletop Scotland, which is nearby that we go to, um, been there twice now, and we'd say we take the, the Choose Your Own Adventure books and uh, obviously and the, and the comics because there's a crossover, you know. There's as we all know, I mean, certainly most of the comic shops I've been in sell ball games as well, so there's a big thing there. So yeah, so we we go to those. And there's a there's a the last convention that we're going to is one in London called Dragon Meat, which is a um, a one day just a saturday and uh yeah it, it's kind of uh rpg kind of focused so we'll, i haven't been there before really looking forward to it yeah livingston's going to be there so hopefully i get to say hello to him again so um but yeah so that, that's that's the last one uh and then i think it kind of starts i mean honestly nowadays you can go to one every week can't you but um yeah we're going to uh 
Uh, I think it probably will start again around March time. But yeah, that's good. So as we're wrapping up, penultimate question. What are you reading right now? Um, I uh, well, because Jeff Lemire was at the uh, was at Thought Bubble. I I bought um, uh, Phantom Road, uh, and so and uh, and I'm kind of halfway through that. And I got him to sign it because he was there, and I, I plucked up the courage to go and ask him, and he was very nice. Uh, and I gave him my Antarctica number one as well because never miss an opportunity. Um, <laughs> uh, and he, he very nicely said, uh, "Yes, this is on my radar." He said. So and uh, Mario said, "Oh, we should put that on the cover, and then you can understand why." Um, yeah, but uh, funny enough, I am aware of this book, Jeff. Yeah, Lemire. that's enough. It's enough. <laughs> um, and then and he was also on a panel with uh, Lyndon White, the letterer. So he also he, he, Lyndon spoke to him uh, about uh, being an artist, I guess, as well. So so that's quite nice. And um, so reading that, um, just. I listen to audiobook because we drive a lot, unsurprisingly. Um, and uh, so I just finished uh, listening to Holly, which is the Stephen King book, the latest one with Holly Kidney. No spoilers, uh, haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> um, it's good. It's good. I enjoy it. I, I enjoy a lot of his novels. Um, yeah, so I, I enjoy most of his work, really. There are some that I, I've just not been able to get through, but uh, but most of them I really enjoy. And this is one that I really enjoyed. So, and I just like, I mean, right from Mercedes, I, I've enjoyed all of this book. Um, I think one of the reasons is because Will Patton was reading a lot of them. And I've never, you know, honestly, uh, when it comes to audiobooks, he's just got, he's just a, such a fascinating, weird way of talking. It's just kind of, you know, entrancing, really. So, yeah, so that, that's, um, that's what I've listened to. Oh, and we listened to, um, I, 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 yeah, when that finished, the Haunting of Hill House, uh, or whatever it's called, the the, the um, yeah, the classic one that I've never heard, you know, that never read and stuff. The one that you know, Mike Flanagan based the the series on loosely, uh, and uh, I thought I better I better listen to that as well. Now that I've I've seen the series because we we're, we're watching the Fall of the House of Asher as well at the moment. Um, so yeah, so just. That sort of stuff, really. Uh, yeah, so I've always been a bit of a horror fan, I think. Um, but uh, and yes, and there's another. There's a, there is another book that we have pitched, which is a maybe what do you, which is a horror book. So we'll see. Maybe one day we'll get to do that as well. So, well, Simon, this has been a fantastic time. Final question: As we release you back into the world, how can people yes. follow you online and keep up with Antarctica and everything mm -hmm. else that you have going on? Okay, um, so uh, so Antarctica first. So obviously. Um, you can actually go and read Antarctica number one. It's on the Top Cow website, so Google Top Cow or whatever your um, search engine preference, uh, and go there. It's on the front page. Um, go and read it, enjoy it, um, uh, and then go by the rest. Uh, it's issue five um, is out this Wednesday, whenever that will be. I uh, can't remember what the date is nowadays. Uh, and uh, say so in, in issue six comes out uh, in December. So obviously, you can get those at all your major comic vending places be it online or your local comic shop so go along there stick it on your pull list if you uh and uh, yeah enjoy it um so that's where you, to find antarctica um to find blue fox uh we're bluefoxcomics.com so you literally just stick .com on the end of blue fox comics you'll find us uh on social media we are at blue fox comics uh and that's generally you know instagram sometimes at x uh um you know the whatever it's called uh and several others as well generally uh, i try and jump on these places even if i'm not using them, i try and grab the blue fox comics sort of handle 
and myself. Uh, you'll find me on Sperks Writer on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so that's S B I R K S Writer. It's at those places. So yes, that's that's where you find us. But they're all kind of linked. There's a if you go to if you go to the Blue Fox link tree. Uh, Instagram. There'll be the link tree is in the is is the URL. There's all of our social media. There there, there is lots. We, you know, we, more than I can remember. But so go there, have a look, and uh, and yeah, follow us. And there's also the Substack as well. So, but you can get through to the Substack via the link tree, which is on Instagram. But there you go. It's all uh, it's it's like a web of worldwide stuff. <laughs> all right, Simon. Thank you so much for coming on the show. That's okay. Thank you very much for having me. It's been lovely. That's it for this week's show. As a reminder, WMQ&A is part of Comics XF, where you can find this podcast, along with our sister podcasts, Battle of the Atom and Bat Chat with Matt and Will, a Batman ranking podcast co-hosted by Matt Lazowitz and Will Nevin. You can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Audible, and at ComicsXF.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A at patreon.com slash comicsxf, where a dollar donation gets you a shout-out at the end of every episode. A $2 donation gets you early access to WMQ&A and a shout-out at the end of every episode. A $3 donation gets you a sticker, early access, and a shout-out. A $5 donation gets you access to our monthly bonus podcast, Our Son Pete, a deep dive into the comic appearances of British mutant super spy Pete Wisdom. A $25 donation lets you request a primer, one of our custom reading guides for a series, character, or creator at ComicsXF, and a $50 donation lets you advertise on the show. Big thanks to our patrons, Lisa Slack, Will Redman, Tobias Carroll, Natalie Jordan, Mike Sagawa, Will Nevin, Liz Large, Asimov Fangirl, Carla Pacheco, and Robert Secundus. You're all special, and we love you. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at WMQ Comics, me at Daniel P. Grote, Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013, and ComicsXF at ComicsXF. You can also follow ComicsXF on Facebook, Instagram, and Blue Sky. And until next week, remember, Rob Liefeld's greatest contribution to comics isn't Deadpool or Youngblood or even Major X. It's his impression of Todd McFarlane. WMQA.